Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Satan is constantly looking for ways to harm us. He'll utilize anything to fulfill his evil purposes, even God's law. How does he do that? Let's find out. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries, and Dr. Jennings joins us via Skype. Okay, Dr. Jennings, how does Satan use God's law against us? This is a great question, and I want to unpack this with our audience today. And first, we have to understand, when we talk about God's law, how does God's law function? And when I use this idea of God's law, I see him as creator, and his laws are the laws that reality are built to operate upon. They would include the physical laws, like the laws of health and the laws of physics, but also the the moral laws. God's laws, being the laws that sustain reality and the governing of the universe, are not changeable. We're either living in harmony with them or we're breaking them. And when we break them, we injure ourselves. So the Bible teaches this is why the power of sin comes from the law. I don't know if you remember that, but 1 Corinthians 15, 56, it says the law gives sin its power. This is not like human law that you've broken the law and then the government or external authority uses power over you. No, the law itself gives the power. An example of that would be the law of respiration. There's a law. If you want to live, you must breathe. It's the law of respiration. If you tie weights to your legs and jump in the ocean— and break the law of respiration, the power that causes you to die is not the weights on your legs. It is the breaking of the law of respiration. You could do the same thing with a plastic bag over your head. The point being, the law cannot be changed to meet a person underwater. The person has to be put back in harmony with the law. They need to get their head above water. This is how we understand God's law to function. With that in mind, then we can see how Satan can use God's law to cause harm. The first law we'll look at is the law of worship. This in psychiatry and psychology is called modeling. The Bible describes it as by beholding, we become changed. It is a law that we adapt and change based on what we find worthy or worship, worship, what we esteem, value, internalize, believe. We neurobiologically and characterologically change based upon what we worship. Worship a God of love, we become more loving. Worship an authoritarian dictator, a punishing God, we become more tyrannical. And so Satan exploits the law of worship through all long history of the false systems of worship, idolatry, paganism, but now more modern, godless evolution, humanism, secularism, also false views of God within Christianity in which God is a tyrannical dictator who is the source of pain and punishment that we need to be protected from. Jesus, who is God who came in human form, shown us the true character of God, and as we fix our eyes on him, as the Bible says in Hebrews 12, too, that we fix our eyes on Christ by beholding him we're changed, and we become more like him as he's the center of our worship. But Satan gets us to either reject God altogether— believing godless worldviews, or if we believe God, to accept false characterizations of God. And thus, by beholding these false characterizations, we, we can claim a belief in God will become very, very unlike him. So the first law Satan exploits is the law of worship. And this is why it's critical that we make Jesus the center and the Bible our foundation. The second law is the law of love. A law of love is the principle of giving or beneficence or self-sacrifice upon which God built life to operate. 
Jesus expressed this command, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is, has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Love is manifested in a willingness to, to lay down our lives, give ourselves for something greater than ourselves. Satan exploits this by getting people to love something worldly, something corrupt, something perverse, something that they are willing to sacrifice themselves for, some cause greater than themselves, but not a godly one. Mm. Suicide bombers who blow themselves up to advance their cause would be examples of the perversion of this. This is why the Bible tells us to guard our hearts, be careful what we love, what we become attached to, what we're willing to sacrifice ourselves, just because someone is willing to die for a cause doesn't mean the cause they're dying for is a godly one. Hmm. Or the person is under the Spirit of God. Millions through history have gone to their deaths fighting for some cause that they believed in, but those causes were antagonistic to the kingdom of God. So the Bible, if you hear the statement, is about relationships, not human organizations or institutions. Jesus said that those who love are willing to give their lives for their friends, mm. not for a cause, a nation, or an organization, or an institution. Nations, organizations, institutions are not saved. People are saved. So Satan will often trick people into loving the systems of the world, the corporations, the denominational churches, the creeds, the various ideological constructs. We love those more than we love people, and we seek to protect and advance the institutions and the systems, even if it hurts the people. And as the high priest said about murdering Jesus, it's better for one man to die for the people than the whole nation to perish. So we got to protect the nation even if we kill the people or the innocent son of God in right, that case. Right. Okay. Any questions so far about the first two? Law of worship, law of love. Law of worship and law of love. I can see where you would choose those, Dr. Jennings, because they are under attack constantly. You see a false worship and a false love out there everywhere you turn. Yes, this is exactly right. And this is how Satan exploits us. We only have life and health as we live in harmony with God's law. But if we are willing to worship and love a God who is unchristlike, then Satan exploits those laws for the destruction of the person who does that. Yes, absolutely. What's the next one? This is good. Next law is the law of liberty or the principle of freedom. Love, as well as personal development, wisdom, growth, capacity for thinking, only really expand and develop in an atmosphere of freedom. Coercion, threat, intimidation, external pressure, control, these types of things destroy love and they instill rebellion. And so there's an inherent desire in our hearts to be free. When we feel oppressed, when we feel restrained, we feel discriminated against, we rebel against those external controls and we want freedom. This desire for freedom is godly because we only have true health and love and growth in an atmosphere of freedom. If we stay under domination too long, we can actually have our individuality eroded and we can become these thoughtless persons, mindless persons who follow and accept what they're told by whoever is in charge. I call those shadow people. They don't have an individuality anymore. They simply go along with the mob or the group or the authoritarian leader. Satan exploits the law of liberty by promising freedom, but through greater violation of God's laws and God's designs. Oh, wow, yes. So in our society today, Satan has got people to believe that you can get more freedom only if you have more regulations, hmm. more restrictions, and more laws against the people who don't agree with you. So the solution is to get the right legislators, 
the right administrators, the right judges, and he passed the right laws that will restrict other people's free exercise of religion or speech or assembly or expression or cancel people who would say things that you find offensive or censor people and take down their blogs or their YouTube channels that if they express ideas, that we can only have freedom in a society that is more regulated and controlled. Mm -hmm. Then you'll be free from all those who'll disagree with you and so forth. But history has shown us, Charles, that whenever these methods are employed in societies, what happens is less freedom under the lie of more governmental protection for our, our liberties. It's a lie. The U.S. Constitution was actually established to restrain the various powers that would encroach upon our inalienable liberties, our freedoms, our freedom of travel, our freedom of assembly, our freedom of expression, our freedom of religion. These inalienable rights are to be not encroached upon by the various powers, whether it's the church powers, the state powers, or the powers of the big corporations, the aristocracies. But we see happening in society today is that people, and it's particularly the current, you know, I generation group, they actually are buying into this idea that they can get more freedom through more regulation. Hmm. It's quite sad to see. Another way he exploits this idea of freedom is through the idea that you are free if you express your sexuality in any way you want at any time that you feel the urge or with whomever you want to express it. While it is true you do have the ability to do those activities, you do not actually get more liberty or freedom in doing so. Exercising your God-given power of choice to act outside God's design laws for life will not bring freedom. They always bring injury and loss of liberty. So a person who acts outside of a committed marriage relationship sexually with multiple partners they pick up anywhere will ultimately someday get a sexually transmitted disease. And when you get sick in some way, then your sickness undermines your liberty. You're not as free to live your life because you've got an illness now. That's just one example. More than that, though, there's emotional damage that comes with it. That restricts the freedom to experience life in the fullness. Another way is uh, you're free to put whatever substance you want in your body. And anybody who would try to restrict your freedoms are just taking your liberties from you. So use whatever chemicals, use whatever other intoxicating substances you want. Smoke as much of this or that or anything you want. And while you, you have the ability to do that with your body, the more of that you do, the more you violate the laws of health. And as you violate the laws of health, and it might be food, you can eat whatever food you want. You get obese, or you get heart disease, or you get dementia, and any illness, and I will tell you, if you have significant obesity, you are not valued less than any other. You have the same moral worth, the same value as a child of God, but obese people can't climb stairs to the same degree. When I was in Paris, we climbed the, the stairs all the way to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Obese people wouldn't be able to do it. They, they don't have the same freedom. They have the right to do it, but they don't have the ability because of the uh, restrictions of the health problems that they have on them. And so the more we abuse ourselves by violating the laws of health through the belief that we have liberty to do so, we actually enslave ourselves to our own sicknesses, and it takes away our own liberties and freedoms. You know, Dr. Jennings, in the two minutes we have left on the program, I'd like for you to address a sidebar. Here's a thought. You mentioned at the beginning of your talk today that when we disregard the laws of God, there are consequences. But so often, Dr. Jennings, 
We blame God for the consequences. People blame God for the consequences. How do we recognize that we are being punished not by God, but by the law, as you say, by what happened, what we're doing to ourselves? Right. They misunderstand because they believe the law of God works like human law. And human law is a system of made-up rules. And the only way to get so-called justice in a human system is for an authority to hold you accountable, have a trial, have evidence put in, find you guilty, and inflict the punishment. That's whether it's a human court or even parents disciplining their children, they inflict some consequence on the child. And so this idea of inflicted punishment is deeply embedded into our mind, and we have falsely believed that that's how God runs his universe. God will, as a loving parent, speak to people at their maturity level, and so there's many places in Scripture where God sounds like he's the one doing it because he's speaking to very immature people who had been pagan idol worshipers and so forth. And so he often takes responsibility and sounds like the inflictor enforcer when the real punishment comes from the violations of the law itself. Oh, that is such an important lesson for us to learn. How does Satan use God's law against us? Worship, love, and liberty. He messes with those things in some pretty substantial and dangerous and deadly ways. And Dr. Jennings has shared the consequences of what he does to us. And the good news is, Dr. Jennings, am I right in saying this, that there's a God who can overcome even that kind of devil? The good news is that you have the power of choice, and you can choose to open your heart to God and choose through the empowerment of the Spirit to live in harmony with God's laws. So you don't have to break the laws. So God absolutely provides the avenues for healing and restoration. All right, comeandreason.com is the website. Come and Reason is the sponsor of this program. Dr. Jennings is here every show to help us understand better how God interacts with us and how we can interact with him. The website is filled with resources also to help us learn how to do just that. That's comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>